You are listening to the People-Centric Podcast, where we talk through the toughest challenges that people face at work and give practical advice to fixing those challenges. Thanks for joining our movement to create workplaces that are happier, healthier, aligned, and empowered by putting people at the center of all that we do. Hey there, people-centric leaders. Back again with another episode here of the People-Centric Podcast. Uh, we hope you're enjoying the content. By the way, normally we do this plug at the end. I'm going to do it at the beginning. Uh, do, we hope you're enjoying the content. We have over, well over 127 episodes out there. 150, Diana saying, uh, Diana saying to me, my producer in my ear, 150. Thank you, Diana. Uh, over 150 episodes of the podcast that's out there. And, you know, it's, we say it's successful, not because we pat ourselves on the back after each one of these episodes and say, great job. I think that was awesome, which we do that too. But we think it's successful because we hear from you. Uh, give us feedback, other topics that you want, you want to uh, hear. We want to stay relevant in in the listeners' ears as well. Uh, just a reminder, we are on YouTube. You can find us there as well. So the listeners' ears and eyes. Today, joining me, we have uh, Diana Royalty and Bethany Taff. I'll get them introduced here in just a moment. But it's just the three of us as we are about to take on this topic. Here, let me frame this for you. Uh, we're going to be talking about adult learning theory. And before all of the dial, I almost said all the dials go to the off position there. This is not the radio. What are you doing? Um, before, before you tune out, so to speak adult learning theory we're not trying to make this so uh quote unquote um educational uh, as as much and sterile as much as really kind of a conversation this might be something that you've considered before um but you know we work with all types of organizations all over the country and it seems like a lot of times when we're talking about a manager to employee hierarchy it's almost like we we reference that or, or organizations have that in mind of parent to child i'm the manager let me teach you employee all of these things that you need let me impart my wisdom because you're just a child in this world when in reality we're all adults here now some of you might be going mm, you should see some of the people that i work with i'm not 100 percent sure they have made it to adulthood they might be of age but they're not there i get it but the reality is i mean we're we're, we're all we're all adults trying to do the best we can at work sometimes we don't set each other up for success as well as we should now the skills that we're going to go through with the adult learning th theory here we're going to talk about six principles of adult learning theory how do I apply this, right? How do I use this? I want you to be thinking about this as we go through, not just for you, but how do you use this to impact the people that are around you? And that's one of the takeaways that I'm hoping uh, to be able to take from this adult learning uh, theory. So let's get let's get uh, into it. Let me introduce the people that we have here with us. And maybe they need no introductions. 150 episodes. It's like follow along, people. Come along, come on. You know, you know us by now, right? Uh, but anyway, we have uh, Diana Royalty, our COO at People Centric today, uh, with us. Diana, we're going to be talking about adult learning theory. Is there any one of those principles that maybe engages you more than another one, or one that you're looking forward? to or are you just excited about everything I like the topic I am a I like to learn things I'm a learner I'm I'm constantly like absorbing content and stuff but I think it's really I think it's really important to understand how other people like to learn plus my my background is teaching I have my degree in education my undergrads in education so um I taught littles but honestly guys it's not that different teaching right littles. yeah <laughs> there's a lot of there's a big correlation between management of employees and parenting between kids. toddlers and managers just saying 
<laughs> Great. Good. Thank you, Diana. All people. <laughs> Bethany Taff also joining us. It's just the three of us today. Uh, Bethany, what are you most excited about with this conversation we're about to have? Um, well, I think there's a lot of areas in business that this, these things apply. Um, one of them, I can't remember if it's the goal oriented or relevancy oriented. I know you're going to go through all of them, but I think it's really important for people to understand, like specifically when we talk about like training and onboarding our employees, just helping people understand why they do the things that they do. And I think that's an element of this too, of just making sure that the, the things that they're learning, they we point to like what the goal is at the end of it. And I, so I think that's really important and I'm excited to talk about that among many other things. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, Bethany. So it's just the three of us. What I'm going to do and the way we're going to go through this is, uh, and, and let me just, let me give you another sneak peek. Like you guys are the ones who are on the inside listening to the podcast on a regular basis. You feel like you know us. And I know you feel like that because you approach me at different conferences all over the country and say, hey, I love your podcast. It's so great to meet you. And we always appreciate those those types of things. But uh, one of the things that we are doing too is we are developing this as a new session. We're going to be bringing to conferences and leadership development stuff and organizations. And so um, this is this is kind of a sneak peek at some of the content that you might go through if you uh, happen to attend one of those sessions or if you had us come for leadership development with your company. But I'm going to go ahead and get us started here. Adult learning theory, the, what, what I'm working off of here is basically six different principles of adult learning theory. Now, you might Google adult learning theory and you might come up with, hey, I only found four. Hey, I found seven or like there's lots of information around what adult learning theory and lots of content that you can Google to find. But I think these pretty much hit the nail on the head as far as I'm concerned um, with adult learning theory. So we're going to go through this. Uh, number, principle number one of adult learning theory, that adult learning is self-directed or autonomous. Self-directed meaning adults want the ability to be able to choose. Uh, and I'm going to date myself. Adult learners want the ability to be able to choose your own adventure. Remember those books? Like it's like, hey, if you want to fight the dragon, turn to page 187. Or if you'd rather flee turn to page 56 right and then diana what did you choose oh i i always wanted to fight the dragon i would go back and redo the stories with all the opposite outcomes right like oh, oh wow. i thought i was gonna die oh, so i'm gonna it? go back and flee yeah, you turn there, you fought the dragon, good job, you died. And like, oh, I don't want to fight the dragon. Let me back up. Let me back up again and go the other way. Bethany, well, we're going to add to that too. Streaming service tried to do a choose your own adventure TV oh. style and it was okay. It, it worked okay. Well, that's what I was going to say. They do it. They have it on uh, Netflix because my kids, there's like ones where it's like their favorite shows or characters. And so then they get to pick what they oh. want. Oh, so and clever. so interactive. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's what this, that's what this one is talking about. People, adult learners typically want to have a say in how they go about the things that we're asking them to go about. Now, if we're, if we're focusing this in on work examples, um, I think there's some, there's some high level things that you could probably think of the, to be able to do. One of the things, and I know Bethany, you were going to add to this too, but one of those things is, is giving people a little bit of autonomy with, training and onboarding and things like how powerful would it be if I were to be able to say, uh, okay, so welcome new employee, Bethany, welcome new employee. We're so excited to have you here. Uh, we have lots that we're going to learn, right? The onboarding process is not going to be done in a couple hours. It's going to take maybe weeks to be able to actually onboard you and integrate you. We have several things that we want to cover, but it's kind of like a choose your own adventure book. I don't care if we start here or start here. What would you like to learn first and giving people that autonomy to be able to say, 
you know what, I'm kind of more interested in this versus this, I think is powerful too. So I'm going to share this and then I'll ask for your input. My son just started a new job recently at a large online shopping organization that ships packages all over the world with a, and they're smiley face about to do it, uh, right? They're happy to do it. Um, uh, anyway, I, I don't know. I probably can say it. Anyway, he went for his first shift. He just went for his first shift. He's 19 years old, went for his first shift and they let him try out a couple of different positions to see which one he would like to do. And his first one, they had him as a picker. And he said, that was terrifying because you have to go like 40 feet up in the air. It's kind of dark when you get up there to be able to pull packages off the rafters uh, there. And he's like, I don't think that's for me. Can I try packing? And so they're like, yeah, sure. And that was their response. Sure, let's go. Let's try packing. And so he said that I tried that and he was like, this is this is for me. And so they said, okay, that's yours then, right? They didn't make him go do it. He had autonomy and the ability to be able to decide which role he thought was best. But even, even more than that, I give credit to the organization to say, let's try out a few and see which one you like best. Diana? I think that's brilliant of that organization to be like, you now get to choose the job that you really want to do so that you're more excited about that, right? If he showed up and was like, oh, geez, I'm terrified to go to work every day because I don't really like this height thing and it's dark and it's creepy and I don't want to do it every day, he would quit. But since he got the the choice to say, I would like to do this thing, I think that's really fun. It it retains him longer for sure. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't know. You know, there might be people listening going, oh, we don't have that option. I just need somebody to do that thing. Okay. And maybe that's not, not an example for you, but I bet you there's other opportunities that you have to give those folks a certain amount of autonomy. And maybe it's not around the thing that you're asking them to do. Maybe it's how they go about doing the thing that you're asking them to do too. Bethany, what were you going to add? That's what I was going to say, because I think sometimes, yeah, you're right. There's things that are like, okay, we hired you for this position. This is what we need you to do. Okay, great. But there are things where you can say, and you've heard us use, if you've listened to our podcast, you've heard us use the phrase like freedom within a framework. And I think that applies here too, to where you can sort of say, hey, like we're going to train you on how to do this job. But you have, here's your guardrails. Like as long as you're getting the job done within these guardrails, great. I don't care how you do it. Um, we'll, we'll tell you the things that are sort of non-negotiable and otherwise like build your schedule out the way that you want to build it, like move through the day, how you need to. Um, so I think there's different ways, there's different ways this works depending on the job that you're in. Yeah. I freaking love that. I'm glad that you went there at the same time too, because I know there's people that are like, no, 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 there's only one way to do it. And I specifically think of like manufacturing, manufacturing is like, Oh, if they don't do it that way, they're going to lose a finger, right? Or whatever. <laughs> okay. There are some things that are non-negotiable, right? The, the, you have to do this thing this way. But I'm telling you, if you can find opportunities to be able to add a little autonomy and give your folks an opportunity to be able to kind of self-select some how they go about doing some of the things that we're asking them to do, you're not just, it's not like you're not losing control. I don't want you to think about it. You're not losing control of the of the environment. What you're doing is probably gaining loyalty and buy-in. Like they're probably more likely going to be uh, more likely to work harder for you in that role and be more productive because they have some autonomy with how they go about accomplishing the thing that you are trusting them and you have hired them to accomplish in the first place. So the adult learning theory principle, number one, adult learning theory principle, number two, uh, lear adult learning utilizes knowledge and life experiences. I love this one because sometimes, and this is maybe really that parent-child, we have that manager-employee-parent-child mindset, new employee comes in. 
And we think that they know nothing because they have never worked in that type of job before. But here's the kicker. They're all adults. They've had they've had life experiences. And some of them you might be hiring right out of high school, like my son. But you know what? During high school, my son had two or three different jobs in two or three different industries that I promise you he is going to be able to correlate something from that life or something that from school uh, to that job that you're asking them to, to do. And maybe, maybe the only correlation is, you know what, at one of my other previous jobs, um, there was very little downtime too. Like I was always moving and here's some tricks that I found myself to keep myself going that I can apply here because this job is always moving too. Yeah. Different, different job, different role. Um, but, but they have life experiences that we can draw on. So my question, I guess, is why do you all feel like this is, an important one, or how could this benefit? If I understand this principle, how do how does that benefit the uh, the employee, or maybe the relationship that I have? If I can apply this principle on trying to use their previous life experiences, well, I think anytime you can ask someone, you know, like, have you done anything like this before, or do you know about this thing, or engage them in the the learning process a little bit, and just sort of say like. What have you done that's similar to this? Or have you ever seen something like this? Just kind of getting them to think through that a little bit, that that's going to help them make connections in their own mind. And then that learning is going to stick harder. Um, and I also think it helps you learn about them as a human being, right? It's, it's a great question to ask about, just to learn about them. I think it builds confidence for people too, because sure. it's saying, it's not like, okay, we're starting completely from scratch on something. It's like, no, 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 you've done something that's been helpful and beneficial for you. If your work experience is not the same, you know, like if you were in a previous job, that's like not identical to this job, that's okay. That doesn't mean that you don't have any applicable skills. You've obviously been, been hired for this role for a reason. So let's draw on those things. And hopefully that builds some confidence for people. It's kind of funny. I was thinking about with this one too, I've seen actually where like culturally, um, it, this wasn't highlighted as a good thing. And so it became kind of a, it became kind of like a bad thing for like the culture, but I think it was just because they were looking at it in the wrong way. So what I'm saying is people came in from, um, maybe another employer and to an organization, a lot of different people were hired from, from another employer in the region. And then they came into this new, this new employer. And so all the people that were coming in that were new are talking about, oh, when I was at here, this is how we did this. Or when I was here, this is how we did, this is how we did this. And it started to rub people the wrong way <laughs> the new at the new organization when really it shouldn't have if we have the right mindset about it to say really they were just trying to create some connection based on their life experiences that they could help apply to this position and this organization in a helpful way. Um, and so if we have opportunities and spaces to rightly orient that, that's going to create healthier conversations. Um, and, and so I think just trying to build those in as a, as a manager or as a coworker and understanding like why people draw on those life experiences and pull from, from their past, um, you know, employ employment and things like that. Yeah. And there's a, there's kind of an emotional intelligence, humility piece to that also as the manager, giving them space to be able to explore that and say, well, my previous role, we did this now, again, it might not always translate. 
but if we give our, ourselves the you know humility to be able to step back and say, well, tell me, tell me uh, what that used to look like for you and how maybe you channeled that or used that or what was the impact of that in your previous role. Uh, again, you guys both kind of talked about helps you learn about the person, but it also helps create some value for them. Like they don't feel, Bethany said, we're not starting from scratch. Like I do have something to build upon here from my previous life experiences. I don't I don't know nothing, right? I'm coming in with something. Um, and sometimes it's help, it helps. It's helpful if as the manager or the leader, uh, they can help them uh, discover that as well. So good. Adult learning theory principle number three is goal oriented. Like if I'm an adult learner, I need to understand why uh, the, the goal of what I'm, what you're hoping that I gain from this. What is the goal of me learning this thing that you're asking me to learn? And how will I, I think the other piece of this too is helping them understand how they will know if they are going to be successful with the thing. What's the goal of me learning this thing that you're asking me to learn? And I think, again, we see this maybe sometimes in the onboarding orientation side of, of training there, but goals, talk about, talk about this one, Diana. I feel like goals get a bad rap lately because everything is like tied to metrics and analytics and goal, right? That's okay. We don't need to goal every single thing that we teach people. I think the key here is that they understand the expectation. And so I like the, I like the way you phrased it, Matt, like they just need to know what the outcome is that you're expecting them to get. And I love that because I think that's, that's really true. Learners, adults, we all need to know like, why are you teaching me this thing? And what do you expect me to do with it? And then how much do you expect me to do going forward? Like, I love, I think the expectation part is really key to that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there was, I was, I, this is actually like a class that I went through recently where I, they didn't do this really well, <laughs> this part. And it was really frustrating because I was like, oh, this is why, you know, when you, when you were in school, you had teachers who give you syllabus, right? Like nobody likes to go through the syllabus, but it's also really important to help you understand like what the expectations are for the class. And so whenever I jumped into this, this class, it was like a four week thing. Um, they stood, they just like started jumping into content. And I was like, so confused about what, why were we starting here <laughs> um, in this particular place? Because it seemed really disconnected from the actual, like what I signed up for, honestly. And so I was, so it was just really kind of frustrating because they just didn't make that connection for me to help me understand why we're starting here and where we're going to go in between and then where we're ending. Um, and so I think this is really important. And I just saw that in an application recently in a, in a class. So it wasn't necessarily like a workplace thing, but I think understanding that for, especially for training and onboarding for your employees of when you're helping train them on something, help them know why we're starting here and where we're going um, so that they can, so that they can start to connect all the pieces. Yeah, I, I I agree with that. I did not. I liked syllabus because there was no actual work being done on syllabus day. Um, you just got credit for being there. And then I planned on asking the teacher for the rest of what I can expect out of this class, um, which that hits home, doesn't it, Diana? I was just going to say, like, I could explain to you a hundred times what, <laughs> what is going to happen. And you would still ask me in the moment later in the day or yeah. later in the, week. the paper just keep sending yeah. it <laughs> mm -hmm. nope. you know 
<clears throat> excuse me uh, you know and this one it's it's funny i i i say that kind of tongue-in-cheek kind of tongue-in-cheek because it goes into adult learning theory principle number four nicely which is adult learning is relevancy or oriented why am i learning what i'm what i am learning okay i understand the goal but what does that mean to me well how am i going to apply this thing or when am i going to apply this thing um you know years ago i was teaching customer service and sales and I know as a trainer sometimes, and maybe those listening, maybe that's part of your job too. It seems like you can go through the book and give all the answers and blah, 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 go through all the, hit all the, all the bullet points. And for some folks, they might get it. But for most folks, until that thing happens in their life, they're probably not a captive audience. They don't have the relevancy until they meet that in the job. And they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. okay, wait, I remember you said something about something like this. Now I'm facing that. How do I, tell me again, now Now it's relevant in my life, right? I'm facing it now. I need to know how to overcome this uh, this obstacle. And so, you know, part, part of the way that we achieve this is, is being able to help them understand the relevancy. This is why it's important. I know you were hired to be a background computer programmer. This is how you will use this in that job. This thing that I'm teaching you is how you will use this in that job. This is why it is relevant for the thing that we have hired you to do. Um, I think there's two sides to that. There's it's, it's important to be able to go through that, but also there's a certain humility from the manager, trainer, leader, whatever that department head, whatever that is that your role is, that they might have to ask you again, because now I'm now now I'm facing faced with that thing. It's like going through a meeting, and I'll let you. I'll, I'll respond. I feel like I'm talking a lot now, but uh, it's like going through a meeting, and Diana is like, "Hey, good news, everybody. We're going to carve out 20 minutes of this meeting. To, I'm going to show you where I've put all the things on the background file system that we have, and I'm going fantastic. I'm not going to catch any of that. But whenever I'm looking for that, I'm immediately going to get a hold of Diana." and say, hey, Diana, uh, I know you talked about this thing. Tell me where it is now. Can you tell me where it is now? Now I'm faced with it. Now it's relevant. Now I am a captive audience because I have to apply it now. And so I don't know. We could judge each other or you can judge me if you want to. But I think that's a very real thing. It's a very real thing. It wasn't relevant in my life. Now it's relevant. I need your help. This I know you talked about it. I apologize. Just show me. It's very relevant. It's very real. You have done this. You and I have talked about this a lot, actually. Like, you would rather learn it when you need it than learn it beforehand, you know, and I think, I think there's something to that. I, I know that when I learn something or whatever, I don't retain all of it until I'm needing it or until I have to go do it or until I've done it a few times, right? Just because I have quote unquote learned it doesn't mean that I know it, right? I've been told it, but it doesn't mean that I have absorbed it. It doesn't mean that it was relevant in my life and that I understand it. But once I have to go through it, then it is time for me to go and say like, okay, I now have to know this, not just hear it. Right. There's, I think there's a big difference there. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And so, and, and it's funny, you know, we, if anybody has um, seen Diana and I work together and we used to get this all the time uh, whenever we would travel um, as well, but that it's kind of, you know, she fills in the cracks where I fail. Um, and I appreciate that about, about her. Uh, but the re relevancy part is the, I'm not saying don't do it because it's not relevant in their life now. I think we need to frame it of why this is important. It's up to you to connect, help connect those dots. This is why it's relevant to the job that you were hired to do. Just also have a little bit of grace and recognize not everybody is going to catch that. The first time you say it, you might have to repeat that when it actually is relevant in their life. 
So if even if, you know, we use manufacturing as an example earlier, you can go through the training of manufacturing in the classroom, right? The onboarding. But then when you go out to the line, there's, you're probably going to need to rehash another, some of those things on why this is relevant in your life um, and where that, where that relevancy comes into play. So there's two more here. Let's get to this fifth one. Um, adult learning theory highlights practicality. And this is maybe my favorite one. And the reason why I, I say it's my favorite one, the question that I like to pose to folks is how how many feet before a stop sign, if you are driving a car, how many feet before the stop sign do you have to apply the blinker? And most of the time, I, I have yet to get people who are just firm in their response. Now, some some one person might be firm and say X amount of feet. And I really need to look it up because I don't even know the answer. That's not the point. It's um, 100 feet. I don't know why I know it, but I know it. It's are you sure? I feel very sure about it. Well, Bethany, were you going to say 100 also? No, no. I was just going to say, and how far is 100 feet when you're driving? I don't know. Yeah. How- <laughs> <laughs> right. The, the reason why I say this is because there's a lot of different answers that come through the audience there, from, come, from, come from the group. Some people will say 100 feet. Some people will say 50 feet. Some people say 1,000 feet. I need to hit that blinker. But to Bethany's point, how much is 100 feet? And like, am I getting out and measuring this, right? So you there's- know, a, driving <laughs> with your spouse and they are not putting the brake on as quick as you think that they should. <laughs> Sometimes it's just a feeling, right? <laughs> which we see that, right? Which which we see that. And this is the practicality one. And and the reason why this is, I think it's a good illustration is because at some point, if you are of a certain age, you had to go into like the DMV and get a little book to study for your driver's test. And you poured over that book because you're getting your driver's license was like the most important thing in your life. I need, to, I need to ace this test. I need to make sure that I know all the ins and outs. At some point, we all knew how far it was from the stop sign to be able to apply the blanket. I'm definitely going to look this up afterwards. But that's what the book answer is. Practicality, adult learning highlights practicality says, okay, but seriously, when you leave this parking lot and you are a newly licensed driver, you're probably not going to see this rule actually applied across the board, right? Sometimes they might just turn right in front of you and there was no blinker applied at all, uh, right? And so the practicality says, here's the book answer that everybody needs to know. But practically speaking, let me just talk real world examples. This is what you are likely to see. How is this beneficial? Can you guys uh, maybe uh, expound on this? What do you think the benefit of understanding this principle might be with our uh, fellow peers and employees. Oh my gosh. So when I did my master's, they were talking about all of these business theories, right? All of these things that can happen in business and all of these models that they were modeling out. And then I was sitting there actually running a business and I was like, man, I understand how this theory applies, but in reality, it plays out like this. So I think when you see... When you see things like, yes, this is the theory, this is what it should be, but in the in the grand scheme of things, it's going to turn out differently or it's going to look differently. I think us as adults, it's easy for us to want things to, to be by the book and want things to play out exactly the way they should, but also to know that it doesn't always work that way. And as a as a confident and professional person, you're just going to have to go with the flow. Sometimes and it's not always going to work that way. Yeah. I think you have to prepare your people for variables um, as much as you want it to say, this is, this is how it should go. Like you said, Diana, it's, it's, but uh, here's other things that might happen. And so 
Um, I think that's sometimes hard. Certain personalities struggle with that probably more too than others. <laughs> and so, um, but I think it's really important. You're going to probably put your employees in a bad situation if you don't prepare them for the times that it doesn't go by the book or by the training manual or whatever it is. Um, so I think that's, that's very important. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think that's a good call out for both of you there, but this is, this is one that you can definitely see the benefits of. And, and I think we all appreciate that too. Tell me the book answer, but then tell me also real life. Like what's this actually going to look like? Um, you know, and there's probably a lot more conversation on that, but anyway, adult learning theory encourages, um, uh, that are highlights practicality rule number five, rule number six, we'll get into the last one here. Uh, adult learning theory encourages collaboration. And I, and I love bringing this one up because I know there's a lot of people in the room who are like, sweet collaboration. Yeah, let's get together. Let's bounce some things off of each other. Let's just committee this thing, right? Let's do this together. And then there's other people in the room that are like, this one can't be a rule because I'm an adult and I'm as far away from a collaborator as you could possibly be, right? Um, but let's talk about it for just a moment. It, you know, there's, there's another question that I ask whenever I'm in front of groups of people. How many of you want to know if you are doing a good job? job just by raise a hand and a hundred percent of the people raise their hand and then I say equally how many of you want to know if you're not doing a good job in the eyes of your leadership right you're not trying to not do a good job but if you're just missing the mark I kind of want to know that too I'm not purposely trying to fail you both of those are collaborative efforts both of those that feedback you are desiring that collaboration am I doing well am I am I not doing well Nearly 100% of the audience that I've ever polled says, yes, please let me know those things. So your level of collaboration might be at that point, like, yeah, just tell me if I'm on track uh, or get me back on track if I'm not on track, right? I, I want to hear that. I desire that feedback. Or you might be going to the other way, like how, how can I collaborate with other people in order to do, to do these big things? Either way, adult learning encourages collaboration. Uh, I've asked this question before, uh, and I, you know, just to, I'll, I'll let you all answer this. Um, how do we apply this and what's the benefit of, of applying this? And again, for the session that we are developing to take to conferences and things like this, this is going to be one of those stopping points that we're going to encourage you to talk with those at your table. We're going to encourage you to collaborate during this time to be able to talk about how do I apply these things and what's the benefit of encouraging collaboration there too. It's not just the fact that they're talking you're probably getting other ripple effects there too. Bethany, what were you going to say? So a couple of thoughts on this one, because one, I think even if people are more independent in their work and things like that, people don't really like to be isolated. So <laughs> I think that's kind of a myth. Like I think even if you are a really independent person, you don't want to be on an island either. You want to kind of know who your people are and who you can reach out for resources and things like that. And so, you know, I've seen this play out with um, just like individual coaching sessions with people um, where they work for really large organizations and they are in one location, but they don't even ever talk to somebody who's in the same position that they're in in another location. And they really just crave that connection, whether they are talking all the time or not. Um, they just need to have some kind of they just need some kind of connection point to say, I just want to know that person so that when I need something or when I have a question or I've, or I, I haven't run into this thing before I can call this person and say, Hey, what, what have you done when you've experienced this situation? And so I think just building some of those bridges for people is super important um, because people don't want to be isolated. 
Um, and the other thing that I was thinking about with this was like within meeting settings, like just because you're having a meeting <laughs> doesn't mean that you're collaborating. And so I've seen, I was just talking to somebody about this the other day of, I said, you know, how often are you meeting with like your peers? Um, and they said, oh, well, we're meeting weekly. And I was like, okay, great. So tell me about those meetings. Like how effective are they? And they were like, uh, probably a two <laughs> as in like not very effective. And so we talked about like, what does that meeting look like? And, and the answer was the, you know, we talk about the, I'm still doing my job meeting. So we all go around and report on what we're doing that week. It's the same thing that I'm supposed to do every week, really. Um, and it just is not, it's just not impactful. And what she was craving also in that meeting was she was a craving collaboration to say like, if we're going to meet, that's great. I love that. But I want to make sure that our time is effective and we're supporting each other. And how can we make this more collaborative and things like that? And so I think people really, really want that. And it plays out in different places. Um, and I think making sure like your meetings are effective are really important. People want to build connection because they want to know who's around them, whether they utilize them all the time or a little bit. Um, but I think just being able to build that so that people can be resources for each other is really important. Yeah. And I'll just add that I think the collaboration creates a better outcome, um, which I know you were talking about, but I have a quick example. I do. I am not collaborating. I do, but I don't have a lot of places in my job that I do that. I'm a, I'm kind of an island. I do a lot of stuff on my own. I'm working in the background on a lot of things. Um, but I do have a couple of outsourced resources that I lean on when I need some collaboration. Um, and they're awesome. They, they ask me questions. They validate some things that I'm doing. And I think that because I have those resources, the things that I'm putting out are better than if I would really, truly just be on my own with it. Um, and I do as much as I say, like mm, collaboration, you know, I'd rather just like do my thing and get it done. It's not totally true because I'm energized after those meetings. I'm excited after I get to talk to people about the work that I'm doing. I like that I get to have them ask me questions about, have I thought about this? Or did I do it this way for this reason? And also validate some of the things that I did do. So I know that I need that in my life and I think it does make a better outcome. Awesome. You know, it, it, it strikes me too, like we, just to summarize, adult learning theory is self-directed autonomous. Uh, adult learning theory utilizes knowledge and previous life experiences. It's goal-oriented. It's relevancy-oriented. It, it highlights practicality and encourages collaboration. It, you know, you both kind of talked about this in that previous answer, but we've been framing this under your work, maybe as a manager with your team, um, or a new employee, like how does that work? It, it, it strikes me that all six of these are really principles that you could apply. Maybe you are in the same situation as as uh, as Bethany and Diana in in uh, coaching, uh, like one on one. Maybe you're maybe you are somebody's mentor. Maybe you are trying to pour into somebody. It's not really the work uh, that, that you know for the job or on the job training. Maybe it's it's like life coach, executive coaching. There's a I think you can apply all six of these principles into that as well. Um, so maybe that's another takeaway. If you're trying to figure out, you know, you do kind of work on an island, but you do have a couple of a mentor relationships or coaching relationships, I would encourage you to see how you could use these adult learning theory principles to even have a more fruitful relationship on that level um, as well. So 
Anything else to add, Diana, Bethany? We're going to move to wrap up here. Would you add anything else to this topic or do you feel like we've covered it well? No, I, I love this topic. I think it's important for people to know how to help each other learn and how to best learn yourself and apply the theory to the practicality. So I, I think this is great. Yeah. Yeah. We talk a lot about just like how to, just the difference between, well, you've heard us talk about the difference between teaching and coaching. And I think that to that point, like this is really important because so many of us just take the approach of, um, you know, especially if in your, you're a manager and you're in a leadership position or you're mentoring other, you know, employees on your team or things like that, that, okay, if I just show up and I just share this knowledge with them and then make sure that they are good, you know, good to go, then I've done my job. And that's just not really effective. And so hopefully these are helpful to say, no, 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 there's a lot more to just saying, hey, here's the information and walking away. We need to make sure that it's um, that it's a little more sticky than that. And there's ways to to do that um, differently. So hopefully these are helpful. Well, it goes without saying that we enjoyed this topic. Uh, we enjoy bringing you all of these topics. Hopefully, again, you can take just something away. Take take one thing. Try take one thing and try try to start there of how you could potentially apply this. If you found it valuable, please share it with your friends and your colleagues and uh, maybe other working relationships that you have. Um, we think that uh, you know the content that we have, the things that People Centric does for organizations, is not uh, just for one type of organizations. If you are with people, if you are working with people, managing people. Um, I think the content is is valuable no matter what type of industry that is. So please feel free to share, give us new topics. Um, until next time, great to be with you. See you soon. Thank you for listening to the People-Centered Podcast. We are so grateful for you joining us every week. If you like this content, please like and subscribe. Also, feel free to share on your social media with everyone that you know. It really does help us. If you would like to contact us, I have put our information in the show notes. Please reach out anytime. We love hearing from you. We will be back next week with a new topic. Until then, be well and lead well.